myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. In a short time, they did it, winning their seventh national title. Soon they were alone, the best in baseball, la, 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 la. Somewhere in the heart of the bayou, LSU made a wish on every fountain, said a prayer that they'd bounce back. After getting routed in game two, they turned the tables and got on track. They are now the best in baseball, and we can say that that's a fact. They turn make-believe into reality, la, 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 in the heart of the bayou. Welcome to the Lockup Podcast. This is me, Michael, and with me as always... Singing something. Yes, what up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? You almost had, you, you had me almost dying at the la la. la, la, la. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I went back into my Elvis bag of tricks right there. That was yep. a, a, a song uh, called Heart of Rome. Mm. Uh, he did that in the early 70s Elvis right there. It's one of my uh, one of my favorite Elvis songs. Uh, uh, if I had to put a top five on Elvis songs, that's, uh, that's in my top five. So. The old la 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 la. <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, should check check it out. It's a pretty pretty dope song. But yeah, it kind of kind of just fit, fit the LSU narrative right there. Yeah, LSU dominated. The yeah, <laughs> college baseball World Series out in Omaha, and <clears throat> it was exciting this year. I watched every game. I, I yeah, this was probably the most college World Series I've ever watched. I mean, nice. I usually I don't really it. watch the the beginning rounds as much, but they were really interesting. I mean, Wake Forest had a stud team. I didn't think they, I thought Stanford would be that spoiler, but they weren't. I mm-hmm. thought Tennessee would kind of be a spoiler, but my mm-hmm. heavy favorite was always LSU. Okay. And I know they were the number f- uh, five seed, but they have arguably the best roster out of all these teams. And who mm-hmm. has the second best roster? It's Florida for sure. Yeah. And so- Two best I, I th- teams there for that. Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. I mean, led by Dylan Cruz, who's going to be our, probably the number one pick in this year's baseball draft. Mm-hmm. And and second with Paul Skeens, uh, a nice uh, right-handed pitcher. I mean, this 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 team was destined to to come out on top. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally destined to come on top. And I I don't know. It was just an exciting time, man. It was a, a really exciting series. Game 1. It was a close matchup. It was four yeah. three. LSU took it against Florida, and then game two, Florida annihilated yeah, LSU twenty four to four, which <laughs> is insane to think about. At that point, I was thinking, "Wow, Florida is pissed off because Florida uh-huh. came in. Florida came in as the number two ranked team. Yeah, and yep. I thought, okay, Florida might be coasting here. They need both. One of them need one more win." Yep. It came down to that decisive game three, and LSU beats them eighteen to four, which <laughs> it was over by the fourth inning. I yeah. was, I was okay. It was done. <laughs> I was Man. sitting there. Okay, this was done. Two, one close game, and then two blowouts. It's uh, 
That's, that's, uh, that's unreal. Florida's going to dominate next year, too. Right. Uh, right. As well, just because uh, just some of the guys that they have on that team, Fabian, Neely, yep. obviously uh, one of their um, that Cagliani. I mean, he's yep. probably he's he's a redshirt sophomore who's going to play next year as well. Or I think he's just a sophomore, but he's a great left handed pitcher. Also plays first base. And holy fuck, does he got a lot of power? This guy could be the next two way player in baseball for that's Florida. Insane. But this year coming out for Florida and who who a lot of people are mocking at number three for the Detroit Tigers in the draft is Wyatt Langford. Okay. And he's a junior with Florida and he's going to come out in the draft and make the big bucks. I just don't see any other way of him getting drafted other than other than the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that's going to fly through the minors. We're talking a year Good. or two. So, but they have just oh, an arsenal. But then when you look at LSU's side, LSU is kind of like another Vanderbilt where. Yeah. They get all the prospects. I mean, all the top rated people are are going yep. to them and led by Paul Skeens and who's a six foot six hard throwing right hander. Uh, I think he's a good size, for, good size for a pitcher. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> great, huge size for a pitcher. And then obviously the number one pick coming up with Dylan Cruz, who yeah. I've been following since this guy was in travel ball. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unreal and it just provided a great college world series did you get to catch any of it by chance a little bit I, I watched some of the close game on sunday i was over at my parents and we had it on for a little bit before i before i took off so um i was mm. able to watch a little bit on sunday not not so much uh i missed the other routed games i just caught the little uh, notifications that would show up on my phone but yeah i was able to watch a little bit on sunday i don't know if they get to dip into the nil kind of stuff because right right like with football and basketball, yeah. which may, I'm sure they do, but I'm I don't know mm-hmm. at what not level. as much as them probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I don't think it's as much. And I mean, we're uh, we're talking six six figures for football and basketball, and probably four or five figures for uh, if you're talking for baseball players. Right, right. Under a hundred thousand yeah. kind of deals. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. That, I mean, that I makes know. that that makes a lot of sense. But somebody like Dylan Cruz, you you imagine Florida is wondering how the fuck did we not get this kid in, in recruiting? Mm-hmm. Because Dylan Cruz is from Florida. He's from Longwood, Florida. Yeah. He it's went like to Lake Mary High School. Face. It is, right? You, and you see that in football and other sports where it's like, this dude is from this state and he's kicking <laughs> he our ass. Yeah. And you see it all the time. But in this particular yeah. way, it's Florida. Could Can you imagine if Florida had Dylan Cruz? I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been game over. But Oh, yeah. Yep. That wasn't yeah. the case. It was just, it's, they're fun. They were a fun team to watch. And my buddy and I, we both watch college sports and stuff. And more so him, he's a big college guy on every single sport. Well, you know, at least basketball and baseball. And uh, he thought it's going to be Wake Forest. Wake Forest drops out. And he goes, well, I got Mm -hmm. Florida. Florida's definitely going all the way. They're the heavy favorite. And I said, yeah, I don't know. Just because, because he liked Brock Wilkin and Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. I'm like, because Brock Wilkin will be a first rounder too. And, he was okay. heavy leaning on them. I'm like, I don't know. There's something just off about them. They just didn't have the pitching. They let up even the games that they won. They would still let up mm-hmm. a little bit too many runs. They were never really shutting people out. And then after that, it was just LSU's for the taking LSU 5-2, 2-0. And they just took off, man. And then coming man. in to the finals, Steve, it was like, all right, boys, this right, is where momentum goes. And they yep. just never let up on the momentum. Yep. Sometimes you just get hot at the right time. You just have to get in there, you know, with the, yeah. with the talent that LSU had. So, yeah, yeah. Prop, props to them. And uh, like you said, between these uh, two schools, it's going to make up most of the top five for the uh, 
for for draft picks in the uh, the mock drafts here at least. So yeah, yeah for the for the couple of years, you're going to see yeah. a lot from these two teams. You're going to see some players from both of these teams, LSU and Florida, come out. Yep. Uh, not just Caglione from from Florida, but I mean, if you look at LSU. You have Tommy White. You have Trey mm-hmm. Morgan. Trey Morgan is uh, somebody who I think you're going to hear down the road. Gavin Dugas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few guys there where you're looking at them as being top tier prospects down the road. Gavin Guidry, some of those guys. But right now, if we're talking this year, yeah, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, they're going to probably go one and two, which a lot of people think Paul Skeens might go number one just because yeah the pirates have kind of a loaded outfield already. Mm-hmm. So they were thinking, well, if Dylan crew, there'll be a log jam if Dylan Cruz gets there, but see, this is where as a number one pick, you would take first best player available. I'm not right. a big fan of the best player available approach, but when you do case. have right, when you do have a, a no doubt, I was going to say, I can't miss prospects. So to right. speak, you, you got to take that guy at number one, instead of drafting for need. That's exactly it. And if we can say it for most people, no, the Wembanyana, right? Say yeah. any other team was number one, they would have chose Wemby no matter what. I don't yeah. care if Anthony Davis is your center. Yep, <laughs> you want still... this guy, <laughs> right, dude? Exactly. Yep. You're gonna want yep. this guy because he's just a can't miss, like you just said. And those are the guys, the can't miss prospects are the guys that have the highest of high of ceilings, mm-hmm. and their floors are so high. They even have right. high floors yep. where. Yeah, they might not be like Dylan Cruz, for instance. People are saying Mike Trout, that's his ceiling. Yep. And then his 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 floor is is somebody like a a, a Ka- Mark Kotze, a Grady Sizemore type of player. Right. And I was like, right. that's not a bad floor to have. Right? Yep. Yep. I mean, those guys at least produce. So that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. And I just I, I think if we're looking at college sports, Steven, this is kind of transitioning, and I know I'm kind of vomiting on all this kind of being like, oh, you, oh my God, it's well, so exciting. Well, um, you love, you love the, you're, you're the college sports go-to guy here. And the, not, not, not to plug you here, but, uh, uh, you, you recently came out with a mock draft, right? I, I did. I, I looked that over and it looked pretty good. It does. I mean, you have basically, it's filled with a lot of LSU and Florida yeah. guys, uh, Florida's best pitcher, the Houston, uh, Houston, Hurston, Waltrip, Waldrip. He's a guy that I think is going to, going to go in the late first round. And mm-hmm. he kind of reminds me of a Brady Singer type because Brady Singer came from Florida, but mm-hmm. his stuff is a little more decisive, uh, a little yeah. more, a little more. I think he's a little bit more matured in his game mm-hmm. than Singer was coming out. And uh, even though we had a little bit of a high ERA this year, I think that he's still first round notable. But okay. um, but go one thing I do love about the college world series and college baseball it's more pure and when you turn in terms of look at the nfl with the nil deals people transferring all the time it's become a pro sport in itself and it's not as i mean the teams that dominate are always going to be there in the end yep right the the alabamas are are the teams that that, that have the the donors that are peddling up the uh the nil money to uh, right because there's no cap from what i hear on the nil Mm -mm. you know it's just a matter of what the donors can give and so those schools like alabama and uh you know and georgia georgia the those sec schools are always going to you know be able to get the donors to to give the money and to an extent michigan you know michigan i I would i would say too probably has the donors that can empty the uh the big box and 
you know, and I was talking with someone about this uh, uh, last week about NIL. The NIL, it, it's really taken the, the, you know, the purity out of, of college sports. You know, a lot of the times I'll, I'll watch a college football game or a basketball game. And in the past, I know who the players are because they're around. They're going to be around for, three, you know, two, three years. But now I remember watching like Michigan State uh, football. I only recognize like two people on the team because people are coming right. in and from the transfer portal and getting their NIL money and stuff and going, going where the paycheck is. And then it, there's way too much turnaround on teams. So, yeah. 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 No, I, I totally agree. And it, and it makes it not as pure anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basketball is the same way. I mean, yeah. I, I think of all the college sports that have taken the biggest hit. It's been basketball because oh, yeah. you just don't see the matchups anymore. You don't see the players. I mean, one and done is so fleeting mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, doesn't leave a long lasting impression like Draymond Green with Michigan State, right? Michigan yep. State, he played what three, four years with them. It was all, all four years, all four there. years, and he was right? a perfect example of getting better every year. Steph Curry, I think, was yep. the same way. He played a little bit longer, yep. and then you look at other people, and I know this is you know, like Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson was the biggest college basketball player as a yep. freshman. Yep, and he, you know, he left his freshman year. You can't blame him. I mean, the money's nope. there. Uh, he's making the best choice for him and his family. You get that, but what that happen? What happens is that kind of hurts the college game quite a bit, yep. right? Yep, and exactly. So that's why I love college baseball because it is still a little bit pure. There's, right. and I'm sure with like, like I said, with games like LSU and Florida, with this matchup and with everybody that watched it, it brings so mm-hmm. big eyes, so many eyes on it that it could eventually change once you get more money involved. Unfortunately, money ruins a lot of things too. So, uh, but for the most part, I I really do like where, where we are with college baseball. Right. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So we uh, had a a baseball outside the U S here over this past weekend with the Cubs and the Cardinals were in London. So, okay. Don't get me wrong. This was the first London series, right? I think so. Okay. I think so. I thought it was pretty cool. I watched. I didn't watch every game. I watched a little bit of it. Okay. Uh, I thought the Cubs were going to sweep the cards, mm-hmm. and then the cards ended up taking the finale there they did, as well. Yeah. Did you get so, to watch any of those games? A little bit, bit, bits and pieces, but I wasn't like glued to the TV every day. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, yeah I was the same I, way. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought as you did that the Cubs were going to go in and sweep the Cardinals, but then that uh, was it the Sunday game. I think the Cubs jumped it out to like a. Four or five nothing lead, and the Cardinals came back and won. All right, so, yep. something like that, just to, to salvage a game, and uh, you know, it just shows how how big baseball is. You know, also as a global sport, you know, just with the the turnout, and I love, uh, you know, just uh, uh, what what they did, and just it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, this is how you how you spread the sport mm-hmm. out, and, yep. and baseball always did that. They always said World War II was really the best thing for baseball in terms mm-hmm. of spreading the game because a lot right. of gi so a lot of sport soldiers they would especially in japan when they were in japan yep. they would that's where baseball really became popular during yeah. world war ii and yep. that's when japan just took off with it and that's why they're one of the best baseball countries in the world so yep. i i like what baseball is doing here they're kind of taking a uh feather out of or a kind NFL's of a note cap. from nfl cap yep. and and, yep. and um NBA kind of is trying to get into this too because I believe then they play in Mexico City. They were in Paris too. The Pistons Paris. played last year in Paris. Remember, right. Wemby was at the game, so it was kind of like him maybe checking out his team <laughs> yeah, until yeah. until we got the shaft in the lottery. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still pissed about that. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> like I texted you, I find it funny that Wemby <laughs> played for a team that Tony Parker owned in uh-huh. Fran in France. His favorite player growing up was Tony Parker. Tony Parker. And yep. lo and behold, who who gets who the gets number the one per- pick in the draft? Yeah. yeah. The San Antonio Spurs, yeah. who Tony Parker yeah. played for. And it just happened to coincide with Greg Popovich now getting an, an extension to stick around and uh, continue coaching. That's a good add-on, when, when Steve. He, when he had a one foot out the door and was pretty much ready to retire. That's a good add-on there. And then he gets to obviously coach his last big because big he started guy. with yep. David Robinson, yep. then went to Moved Tim Duncan. Yep. And lo and behold, here we are with mm-hmm. Wemby. Boy, you can't tell me the NBA lottery is not fucking rigged. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Sh- whatever. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> the MLB returned it to London. So basically, London Stadium. They played in uh, London Stadium. You know, don't get me wrong. I really do like London Stadium. I, I think it's really nice. I hated that it's the AstroTurf, though. They still have that that hard mm-hmm. AstroTurf. The, the ball. I saw mm-hmm. Arenado go after this ball. He would catch 10 out of 10 times. It right. took a weird hop off the AstroTurf, and he he kind of came down and slid, and it just bounced over his glove. Oh, fucking hated it! I I just not a big fan of of no, that. I've never I've never been a fan of the AstroTurf. Oh, I think yeah. it's horrible in every sport. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad, and mm-hmm. I, I think the turf is bad in football. I think that's where it's mostly oh, yeah. bad. You're basically uh-huh. just throwing people on concrete floors. Yep. yep, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I hate the hops it takes in baseball. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big big fan of it. So uh, baseball is meant to be played in a field field. So yep. uh, and when you have these extravagant events, that's why I like the Field of Dreams, right? The Field of Dreams mm-hmm. game. And that's there. I don't think they're having it this year, but they're going to have it next year because aren't they adding on to it? Yeah. So uh, they're going to play. I can't remember the name of the stadium, but they're going to play a baseball's oldest stadium or something. Right. Is uh, They're going to play an MLB game there. And I think that's a great idea because you know, Field of Dreams is great. You know, but that can get kind of stale after a while, having to be at the same place. So throwing in this idea of throwing, uh, putting at uh, uh, the oldest known stadium in uh, the United States, I think is a fantastic idea. It makes sure we don't forget about the history of the game. Yep. I, I still think they should keep on playing the Field of Dreams games because mm-hmm. I, I fucking love them personally. I but, do too. But one yep. thing I like about those games is those are actually you're playing in a field field. You're playing yeah. in uh, actual ground, soil, things like yep. that, where yep. Where I know London, they're not going to sit there and grow out the field and do all this bullshit. No, for a one-time thing, for a one-time costs a lot of money to do that. Right, and I totally understand that. So this is more—I hate to say gimmicky—but it's more for the international poll. Like, okay, we're getting baseball out here. I think it was a great idea for Major League Baseball to do this. I thought to have Mm -hmm. St. Louis Cardinals and Cubs go at—that's a great idea because the rivalry is—it's a huge rivalry. It sucks that both teams suck right now so it wasn't as big Uh, well i think when they planned it they expected st louis to actually be competitive but uh, i think so too. you you can't change the teams once the season uh, has started so uh you know yeah yeah. amen to that so i think it it is what it is right (laughs) it is where it is and uh so that's kind of where it ended on that but um also speaking of people getting their asses handed to them i just (laughs) wanted to note did you see that fucking Angels game the other yes. day? I, just, I, I had to bring I, this up. I, I have to bring this yeah, up. I saw updates on my phone. Like I had to do a double take when I first saw it. When it, I so did it was I. A football score when it was like twenty four to nothing or whatever, twenty three to one or, or something, whatever it was at the time. Yeah, and uh, I was like, is this is this real? And then I looked at the breakdown and I was like, wow, 
this is wow. The Angels really kicked the Rockies' ass. But then, if you look at the three-game series, the Angels outscored the Rockies. I think thirty-two to twenty-two in the series, but still lost. Isn't that crazy? Because of that one game, they they did great for one game, and lost the other. It's, it's insane. <laughs> you basically had yep. just a mounting of hits. The pitching was really mm-hmm. bad on yep. on the Rockies, and I feel bad for. Yeah. I mean, Chase Anderson, Carl yes. Kaufman, Noah Davis, Carcietti, who those are the guys who pitched all that game. Yep. I, I think I could be wrong, but I think uh, Chase Anderson started started out with them mm-hmm. and that he gave up nine runs, nine fucking runs. Man. Noah Davis, nine runs. How do you do that? Man. Yeah. How and, do you yeah. do and that? How, and how do you with a clear conscience as a manager can let the pitcher keep going? You know, obviously, he, if he's giving up nine runs. Once he gets to like four or so, he doesn't have it today. Pull the plug unless they wanted to preserve their bullpen or something. That's the only the only thing I can think of. But to, to let the pitcher just continue to stay out there and give up nine runs, how's that going to work with their psyche, right? You're exactly right, Steve. And I think what you do yeah. when you're a manager, you look at it like this. And here's a couple things to take away from it. Charlie Blackman didn't play in that game, and neither did uh, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant. So yep. I think this was a young guy's game. Uh, and the manager was basically like, okay, you got to own this. You got to own this. You got to own this right now. And that's what I would do. Bud Black, he's been there a while, and I bet he came to him, and I would if I were their manager, because it's like, how do you come back from that? I would say, listen, Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Tovar, Ryan McMahon, Nolan Jones, those young guys, I would go to them and say, Mm -hmm. even your pitchers, and say, this is what happens when we don't play hard. This is what happens on a bad day. Let's yep. put it behind us, but you got to own it. Play. Yep. And I think that's why he made him yeah. play as long as he did. The pitchers, mm-hmm. how he kept them in there as long as he did. But not, I mean, we're not talking long, Steve. I mean, we're talking two innings, three innings apiece. Yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit there and go through my whole bullpen just because we're having a horrible game. And sometimes you just got to, you yeah. got to fucking eat it. I mean, sometimes you got to say that this isn't our night. Let's move on to the next one. And we're just going right. to eat this and, and have the bullpen ready to go the next day. That's exactly it. I mean, I can't do baseball. It's zero, zero to the, the next day. You know? That's exactly it, Steve. That's it, it. That's the beautiful thing about it. You just start again the next day. I always, I always thought it was funny though. How did Shohei Otani had seven at bats? He only had one hit that old game. <laughs> no. Mike that's, Trout. Three at bats, three hits. Yep, you had yep. Mickey Moniak, five at bats, five hits. Rancho, so so, five at bats, five hits. So Shohei had the off day. Huh? Yeah, so Shohei <laughs> had the off day. And it took him seven at bats just to get one. Just so to get one. Wow. I, I just wild to me, but that that was amazing. And not to say I I don't know. I mean that that's a really hard game to really scout and figure yeah. out okay because oh, it's yeah. so different it's so crazy than what we're used to but right at the same time i mean 25 to 1 that's an angels record yeah. for most runs scored in a game i think that's the worst the rockies ever lost a game i bet you know, that that has to be yeah i guess you just don't see those kind of scores uh-huh. i mean it's wild we've seen it in college baseball the 18 to 4 with lsu and what have you but you know, even the 24 to four Florida in their game too. So, but now we're seeing this in major leagues, 25 to one. And people are saying, well, Grace, the non-baseball people say, oh, well, we would, we would watch it more if it was games. Like, I was like, I wouldn't want to watch baseball like that. We're no, just not, we're just wrapping a pitcher all game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard fun. pass on that. I like watching those games. Like it's 
two to one or something like that, or three, three to two, a nice, nice yeah. pitcher's battle, or even like a five to four where it's just, you know, slugfest a little bit back and forth there, you know, pitchers are still, you know, pitching well, but you're still getting some runs out there. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's more entertaining to me than watching a, a, a blowout, uh, 13 to one game or something like that. That's no fun. No, it's not no fun at all. I even hate it when I play the show, when I'm playing the show and if I'm consistently just defeating teams like decimating yeah, you're teams like i, I, I move up my the, slide uh, i gotta change my sliders a little exactly. bit exactly yep. yeah i move yep. up the difficulty a little bit just so it can even mm-hmm. out because yeah because it's no fun to play it that way yeah no yep. no not at all i mean even when you play as a player it's fun yeah getting the stats and what have you but at the same time it's not fun if there's no competition at the yeah end of it, so. yeah if you're if you're not putting forth the effort at the end it's just boring right so. and that and a lot of people are coming out right now and uh, this kind of puts the angels out there because the angels are are doing pretty well right now and they are they're um, they're better than i thought we'll say that they're making a push man and yep. everybody knows everybody knows what's on the line here if you don't make the yep. playoffs no tani show tani's gone yep. right and i don't see them trading him at the deadline unless they were out of it but i think they're going to be in it during the deadline right so i could see them being buyers instead of sellers which they should absolutely fucking do well, they have already tried some, didn't they? Just recently acquire Mustakis from the uh, the Rockies. Isn't that, yep. that funny? Dur- during that during the series, what a way to uh, to leave! All right, well, moving on to the Angels here. And then he goes in, and there's this game. Yeah, <laughs> there's that like a- that 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 Homer Simpson uh, gift that you see where he goes into the bushes. Or, yeah, they, they, they did one like that. Mike Mustakis with the uh, with the Rockies goes out a Rocky in the with the Angels hat. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like he beats your ass. You're like, you know what? Not only did we beat you and take your pride, we're taking one of your players. <laughs> we're taking with one us. of your players too. <laughs> no. Oh man, yeah. But uh, Mustakis uh, doesn't change things other than add no. a little bit more depth. Yeah. Uh, on off days, he he's he can help. He'll be there for Taylor Ward. He'll be right. there for a lot of those their infielders yep. as well. That he'll yep. be able to come in and be a substantial day off fill for sure. Right, right, right. Because I, I think his prime obviously is, oh, is well past him. This isn't Mike Mustakis of the Royals. No, you know? <laughs> that guy, that guy's long gone. <laughs> right, yeah, that guy, that guy's long, long gone, and it, it mm-hmm. makes sense. But that was the end of that bad <laughs> story uh, for that for the Rockies, and it's then just... the Rockies bounced back and won the next day. They beat, yeah. him, uh, well, beat the Angels four to three. That's where Bud Black comes in and says, "Okay, yep. you know, all right, our young guys are going to own this, do better." And that's probably yep. why they came back and went won the next day mm-hmm. to get dominated two days in a row. You just don't see happening. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. And, and unless you're just not trying anymore. Unless you're just you know? not trying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of disappointment, uh, we're nearing the halfway <laughs> point. So speaking of disappointment, good segue right there. It's time to take a pulse on things, Steve. You want. You kind of brought this uh, to our attention if you want to yeah. introduce it. Yeah. So as we near uh, All-Star break, we're over, uh, you know, I think the 10th or so is uh, when we start All-Star week. So less than two two weeks away here uh, from All-Star time. I thought it'd be time to to take a pulse, kind of get a feel of, of what teams and what players have impressed us, but also what teams and players perhaps have disappointed us at this point uh, here in the season. So, um we can lead things off with, uh, you know, just two teams. I think that's, uh, we've been impressed with so far this year. Uh, Mike, do you want to let us know which two teams you're liking so far as we reach the, uh, all-star break? Yeah. Two teams. Uh, well, I, I, I thought of two teams that really impressed. And for me, it's the Cincinnati Reds is my first one. Okay. I, I mean, what can I not say about the Cincinnati Reds? I mean, they've 
came from basically the bottom and worked their way to the top. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're on a tear. They're currently leading the central and not quitting. Their yep. last 10 games, seven and three, doing really well. Uh, they have a great away record, 21 and 18. I mean, That's they're uh, behind Oscar De La Cruz, uh, the rookie sensation who's coming up. And then obviously you have Jonathan India, who's the leader of the team, and Jonathan uh, Spencer Steer, who's taken over for Joey Votto very well. Matt McClain, I think Matt McClain mm. is up, another rookie sensation. They're just okay. getting the most out of their young players. So that's a team for me that is just a cor- currently on top. And it just kind of, I-, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere. I hope they are, they're not winning too soon to where it's like, oh, this is too soon. And then they're going to start losing after that. But I, I think, uh, yeah. I-, I think with the amount of talent they have on that team, this is, it-, it looks more than a fluke. It actually looks like this could be a team that could keep going. I think they got to solidify their pitching a little bit more. Hunter Green needs to stay healthy. This guy has yeah. injury spurts constantly now. So, uh, but once he's healthy and the team is full bore ahead, I think it will be okay, which is kind of crazy because now the Reds and uh, my, the next team I'm going to say are facing off against each other in the series. So uh, the Baltimore Orioles are my uh, my other team that I think are most improved or most impressed with this year, I should say. And what can't you say about them? I mean, they're making it really hard for every team in the AL East, mm-hmm. very much so. Uh, Tampa Bay, they're they're making Tampa Bay sweat as well. Tampa Bay might be the best team, but I think the Orioles have something to say about that. I mean, they're 18 games over 500 right now. And when you have players, Adley Rushman, and people would say, oh, because the guy you hear about all the time is Adley Rushman. But Adley Rushman has been going on a lot of slumps lately. So Mm -hmm. trust me, I know he's on my team, on my fantasy (laughs) team. For the most part, Adley Rushman is, you know, is not bringing it like the rest of the team. I mean, Gunnar Henderson is starting to come out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Jorge Mateo has been proven to be a really good shortstop as well. Austin, I think their outfield it can compete for one of the better outfields in all of uh, the AL between Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Ryan O'Hearn. You got Anthony Santander. I, I think really they're just getting hits. They're getting quality at bats where they need. They're taking the most out of their at bats and, I, I think when you look at their team, this is the analytical side. You're seeing the analytical side play in their favor. And when you look at the pitching side, I, I think for them signing Kyle Gibson this year, Kyle Gibson was just a guy that kind of, he wasn't a front of the rotation guy, but last year he proved he could be. So Kyle Gibson, Dean Kramer, Kyle Brandish, these guys are stepping up in big ways for this team. Uh, you're going to see in the second half, obviously, uh, Grayson Rodriguez and, and them come up, but I'm very impressed with two of the younger teams in Major League Baseball who are actually playing good. I think Toronto is wishing they had the improvement that the Orioles have. The Orioles went from worst to battling for first. So, yep. yeah, the Reds and the Orioles are my two teams. Steve, what do you got? I like that. So uh, for me, starting things off, uh, I'm really impressed with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the turnaround. They won 74 games last year. They're already up to 48 this year, 48 and 32, 16 games over 500 and leading the NL West uh, by two and a half games. I'm just impressed with what they've done uh, with their their young uh, core that they have there. Obviously, um, uh, you got to love Corbin Carroll. Uh, it's just been been fantastic. Yeah, Jake McCarthy in there. Um, just a, a nice young uh, group of, uh, of of players mixed in, you know, with a couple of veterans. Uh, uh, Christian Walker has had a, a great season here, two eighty one average, uh, sixteen home runs, fifty four RBIs. He's having a great, great, great season so far. So just a mix of uh, youth uh, 
as well as as veterans. I'm just impressed with with the turnaround. Uh, you know, they haven't never lost faith there in uh, Tori Lavello in, in what he's done. Uh, he's done just a great job uh, managing this team, and um, uh, the, the sky's the limit here. I, I was not expecting. Uh, the Diamondbacks to be in first place in the NL West as we uh, as we approach July. I thought you know the Dodgers would be up there, Padres obviously, but to see what the Diamondbacks are doing, just have uh, just uh, turn it around. They're they're what a rebuild uh, looks like and should look like here, similar to Baltimore. So um, I like the Diamondbacks, and then the second team that I like, even though they're not in first place right now, I like what the Pittsburgh Pirates are doing. Now, hopefully, they'll continue on this track and don't try and sell off their players as they uh as they near the time for them to finally get paid but i like seeing andrew mccutcheon back with the team i mean they had the hot start but they seem to have, you know fallen back a little bit at 36 and 42 but the nl central is just so wide open that uh just one hot start for you know stretch from them can get them right back into the uh the playoff race but i like the team i like um obviously brian reynolds locking him up uh, long term is big uh you know i like brian hayes I like uh, just just the you know Connor Joe, like I said, McCutcheon, Jake Swinsky. Uh, just it, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. A team that I think as they get older, they're going to continue to improve here. Once O'Neill Cruz then gets back into the mix too, I think they're going to be just that much better. So I like the Diamondbacks and the Pirates are two teams that I'm impressed with uh, so far here in the first half. Mm, yeah. yeah, you got to be impressed with what all the all these young teams, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, the. The Pirates, I mean, the Pirates, like they're down a little bit in the central, but they just showed that there actually can be a pretty decent team. But you just have these young teams, the Orioles, the the uh, you know what I mean? It were the Orioles and the um, the Arizona Diamondbacks and a lot of these young teams that are suddenly just rising and winning way too soon than they should be. Yeah, and it's just exactly. it's really impressive to see. Really, really impressive yeah. to see. Yeah. Speaking of not impressive, though, uh, I. Two teams that have sort of missed the mark here, and that you're uh, pretty disappointed in the in this year. Uh, I, I can go first on this one. I think uh, the tops of my list was a team that I thought was really going to dominate, and that'd be the New York Mets. And this is a team that was spend, spend, spend. Steve Cohen opened up that pocketbook during the offseason and brought in, uh, you know, Verlander. They tried to make a run at Correa. Just brought in a plethora of free agents, and just doesn't seem to. Uh, just doesn't seem to be working. The pitching isn't working out of uh, Kodai Senga's has been well, but Scherzer and Verlander showed their age. The hitting has just been atrocious, and you know, Buck Showalter, some of his managing moves have uh, you know, have been kind of kind of suspect here. So, see the Mets at thirty six and forty three. They're sixteen games out of first. Um, it's it's not not looking too promising there. Uh, they're they're in Queens, and you can't really point a finger on one thing. It's just been a, a mix of a uh, mix of everything. It just has not gone right this season. The hitting hasn't been, you know, good. They don't have a single player in their starting lineup hitting over three hundred. Just a bunch of people in the two forties, two thirties. Just terrible hitting combined with not the best pitching. It's just been a a, a bad season in Queens. So that's one team that's uh uh missed the ball here this season. And the second team for me, I'm looking at is the Seattle Mariners. You know, they showed so much promise, uh, you know, last year getting into the playoffs and and this year they're sitting, you know, right around, right around 500 at 38 and uh, 38 and 40. They just haven't seemed to be able to, to gel and put it together. It's not saying that they won't, but just at this point, it just has, has not looked good. Uh, 
you know, Julio Rodriguez is, you know, he's hitting 244, you know, still got the power and all, and all that stuff, but he's not taking that next step uh, in his second season that I was expecting him to, uh, expecting him to do. And, and, you know, pitching has been, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been all right. Castillo's had a pretty good year, but it's just, again, it, the team just isn't gelling like they had uh, in the previous season when they had, you know, won 90 games and, and got into the playoffs and lost in the division series. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the two teams I'm looking at that have been disappointing me this year. And that would yeah. be the Mets and the Mariners. The, the Mets for the Mets have been extremely disappointing. I think the fans are just had enough of mm-hmm. what's going on. I think they had a press conference talking about it yesterday. <laughs> the Seattle Mariners too. I mean, the Seattle Mariners are the biggest shock to me. Yeah how bad they've been. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just, just because the Texas Rangers and the angels are playing so good. And even Houston's mm-hmm. coming up, uh, coming up again. And I don't know, but Seattle, you just have so many good young pieces. And the fact that they're just not playing well, Julio in his second year is just having a bad sophomore slump. And yeah. you just hope that it's not going to be permanent, but it's not looking good for them. I mean, their pitching is abysmal too. I mean, they have some bright spots, Cast, uh, Castillo and some of them, but yeah, it's just not great at all. Mm-hmm. For me, San Diego Padres have to be the first and foremost on that. They're just a pitiful looking team right now. I mean, they they are, man. I mean, all that money. I wouldn't put them on here if they didn't spend all that fucking money. Mm-hmm. All that money. They extended mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis. They brought in Manny Machado. Uh, just yep. you, Darvish, Blake Snell. Soto. Soto. And your team yeah. is one of the worst in baseball right now. And you're going to have to really mm-hmm. consider at the trade deadline to possibly pedal some of these pieces and figure out who's your foundational pieces. Take some hints from what the teams, uh, uh, what the Reds and what the Orioles and the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing. They're winning with young people yep. and they're mixing their veterans in there, but they're mixing them in there. Good. It's not this overhaul of just youngsters. They have a good mix of veterans and youngsters, but their their youngsters take prominent roles. And with the Padres, I think you got to break it up. I think you got to figure out who is it going to be Machado, Tatis, and Soto, mm-hmm. because I think one of those guys have to go. To be honest, yep. I think people you're going to keep around are Cronenworth. I think that's a young guy you could you're going to keep and want to work off of. I think you got to retool that pitching staff completely. It's yep. I was never a big U Darvish guy. I was never a big Blake Snell guy, and the rest that you have there are. I, I thought they gave up too soon on Mackenzie Gore and mm-hmm. some of their young guns for sure, but it, it's pitiful. And you need people like Machado to step up. He's at two fifty three, right? He's he's not even leading his team in, in RBIs. That's Soto. Soto's been yeah. arguably their best hitter. Two seventy, you know, even even Fernando Tatis. Fernando Tatis has came on and actually done pretty well since he's in his return. He's not mm-hmm. playing like the the Fernando Tatis that we know, but he's getting to that point. We could give him an excuse because he's coming off an injury yep, and he's coming off suspension. So we could say, okay, the rust is trying to get worked out, but at least he's performing. But when you're not getting the maximum effort from Manny Machado day in and day out, I mean, he's only 30 years old. He should be playing in his prime right now, but he's playing like yep. Chris Bryant. Yeah, so it really is just, it's sad. And, and there's no help at all. Cronenworth's batting 210. Nola's batting 142. Just sad. <laughs> they, they really haven't figured out their outfield. I'm tired of Trent Grisham. Well, can we stop with Trent Grisham already? Oh, come like, on, it's 207 guy, average? Come on, he's yeah, great. They're treated, it, he's just like the Wong, the Wong brothers. Yeah. It, it's 
these guys are okay pieces, but they're not long-term guys, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just, I'm just sick of it. And I love that they brought in Nelson Cruz and I love that they brought in Matt Carpenter, but when they're in, they can play, but they strike out a lot. They're not consistently doing it. And they just, their biggest thing is they just don't have pitchers. I think that's mm-hmm. aside from the lackluster hitting, when you don't have a lot of pitchers doing well, it, it's it, like Joe Musgrove. He's coming around a little bit, but he's having right. a pretty disappointing season. I know he's just come back from injury, but still Blake Snell, you uh, Darvish is, is just non-existent in my opinion, 484 ERA. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Michael yep. Waka is like your only good pitcher for the most part. And he shouldn't be at this point. Musgrove. Yeah. He has the most wins, but that's not saying a lot either because no. he does give up the big runs. I mean, he's, yeah, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I think you Darvis is the, probably the biggest disappointment, Steve, but mm-hmm. they just need to retool that, that pitching staff. And I just, I don't think it's Bob Melvin's fault. I really don't. No. Nope. I mean, it's just, Austin, I was going to say Austin Nola just sucked to the point where they had to bring in Gary Sanchez off the scrap heap to uh, try and get some help there at catcher. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Steve, you're right. And it's just, I think what makes me mad is it's not even makes me mad. It's just, I think that they slapped chemistry in the face. They mm-hmm. looked at it like the old Yankees used to look at Let's it. Just put a bunch of players that should be good. We'll put them together and they can be a team, right? Right. And that just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. If if the Reds and the Orioles and the, the Diamondbacks show, even Pittsburgh can show anything, they're showing chemistry is still Trump's all, right? Yep. So yep. that's my team right now. That's the number one. Number two, I would. I know a lot of people who listen to the show would expect me to say the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm done with the St. Louis Cardinals. I still, I think they're going to have a better second half. I pray that they have a better second half. I still believe in them, but I'm not going to sit there and say how disappointed I am with them because it's kind of like that dad when, when he comes home after your mom tells him, you know, that you fucked up during the day Mm -hmm. that you weren't a good boy. Mm -hmm. Your dad doesn't have to say much to know that he's disappointed in you. And that's just, that's what I'm doing with the Cardinals. Like, I'm not even going to talk about you guys. Like, you know, I'm disappointed. Right. Exactly. Here's a surprise, and this might be a hot take, but I'm disappointed in the Minnesota Twins. I don't blame you. Know? you. Yeah. You're a first place team in a horrible, god awful <laughs> central division that's on life support. Yeah, and the, a- the AL Comedy Central. And, yeah. and you are not a 500 team. You're flirting <laughs> with 500, but you shouldn't even be 500. You should be well above 500. Mm hmm. You're you're the yeah. best team. You, it's like being the tallest, you know, the little people. It's like being the tallest little person. That means yeah. absolutely nothing. You're still a little yeah. person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not saying that as that's a negative thing. I'm just saying, what are we comparing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're the yep. best, if you're the best person in a shit fucking division, that means mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. If yep. you're not a good team yourself, and especially if you're not a 500 team, right? I, I'm sorry. At this point. Byron Buxton needs to be traded. I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm at this point with Byron Buxton where he is so inconsistent. What mm-hmm. Buxton are we going to get every year? Are we going to get the injured Byron Buxton? Are yeah. we going to get the guy that can win an AL batting title or compete for it and be an All Star? Or are we going to get the guy that just sucks all year and is so inconsistent? You never know what you're going to get with Byron Buxton, right? It's just, mm-hmm. and it happens every year with him. I mean, some of their bright spots are Donovan Solano. I mean, come on, Donovan Woo! Solano, really? Right. Royce Lewis yeah. has came back from injury and he's providing a little bit of spark for the team as their former number one pick, which is what you want to see. But right. even then, the trade that they made, like Simeon Woods Richardson, who they got from Toronto, he hasn't pitched. Why not? Because it's not like you have this great 
fucking rotation happening right now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, why isn't he pitching more? Why isn't he up there battling? Because I can yeah. tell you right now, you know, Pablo Lopez, a guy that they thought when they traded for him with Miami, they thought he would be a top rotation guy, one of their better guys. He's not pitching all that great. No, I can mm-hmm. give it to Sonny Gray and Bailey Ober. I, I And I even Joe Ryan, for the most part, I, I think they're battling. But when you have no run support, then you're mm-hmm. a dog shit team. And they have no back end guy. They really have no back end guy, Steve. And it's where's that fifth starter? It was supposed to be Kenta Maeda. You know, yeah, he's injured <laughs> again. Yeah. Kenta Maeda is just garbage at this point. He's a dead yeah. body. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and the biggest disappointment, Steve, who do I think it, who do you think I'm going to say is the biggest disappointment of the Minnesota Twins? Mm, Correa? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Mr. Mr. Moneybags and 212 himself. Exactly. There is a reason teams didn't want to sign him. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to come back to Minnesota, but nobody else wanted him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if their PA department must be amazing out there because <laughs> to keep what kind of injury he has and why and if a it's secret. affecting his yeah. his play, it must be pretty bad, especially to the point of where Houston didn't even want to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. So right now he's hitting a whopping 212. Right. He leads the team in RBIs, but that's not saying much in a team. That, right. Right, right. That doesn't say much, though, Steve, for a team that isn't no. hitting very well anyways. Nope. Top to bottom, they're just a bad team. And I, I can't believe they might be giving up the lead to the Guardians or the Tigers, who are just, Tigers. who are not great teams either. No. And I'm disappointed in this team. They have been the biggest disappointment for a team that should be in first. That is in first place. They should be giving us way better baseball than this. Mm-hmm. So that's where I sit with Oof. them. And get off that soapbox right there, man. Yeah. That team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Minnesota fucking blows. And in San Diego, and they got a lot of uh, questions to answer in that team, man. Yeah. Just like I feel bad for the fans. I do too. Yeah. They've, they've been wanting a winner for so long and, the ownership's like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way with money. And it, it doesn't always work that way. No. You know? Nope. So you need the chemistry. Yep. You know, we, we say it with uh, with with the Tigers. Don't want to sound like a homer here. Cause don't get me wrong. The Tigers stink. All right. They're a right. terrible team. But they can scrape together wins because they seem to legitimately enjoy being together. So they can yep. get those those team wins together just by... You know, have having fun out there. Yeah, they're not talented, but it's just it's the the group at least can win big games. Yep. yep. But then they, they lose games win. they should win, which is exactly wild, exactly like yeah. when they beat Texas seven to two on Monday, and right, and we knew yeah, Texas exactly. would come back and wallop them the next oh, day yeah. eight to three, which they know? did. <laughs> so, but in that game though, at least it was like three to three in the seventh or eighth or something like that. They're yeah. battling. Anyway, I digress. Not, not, not yeah. Try watching up. Try watching a Minnesota game. I've tried getting through those games. Yeah, hard, man. It, I feel bad yeah. for their pitching. You know, their yeah, their pitching makes it. They make their pitching look so bad when you're mm-hmm. giving up games. Say, mm-hmm. go out there, Joe Ryan pitches a butte, and then your pitch, your hitting can't support you at all. Yeah, like you go out, you know, you pitching goes up three runs. Oh, well, you know, that's usually in in most cases if you have a, an average offense, that's not bad at all. But then you lose the game three to one. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like it's come just, on, yeah, man, yeah. or one to nothing or something like that. It's like come on, guys. Right. Exactly. Oh man, but uh, moving from teams to the individuals, uh, two players uh, that you've been impressed with uh, so far this year. I can, uh, I can. Yeah, leave. go ahead and tell me who. You, so two players. Steve, that you are impressed with this year, who do you got? I'm looking at uh, first player talking about would be uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, for for the Braves. I mean, 
the guy is a front front runner in my opinion i think for for the mvp there in the uh the national league he's playing he's playing that well and to come off you know we talked about it last year coming off the achilles injury we felt like he came back maybe a little bit too soon and it kind of showed in his uh his game last year but this year he looks like the Ronald Acuna that we saw in 2021, you know, or yeah. 20, 2020, right around that time. He's hitting 330. Uh, he's got 19 home runs, 51 RBIs. The guy has 35 stolen bases. I mean, it, he might be one of the first, you know, 30 home run, 100 RBI, 70 stolen base guy that we, I, I'm not sure if we've ever seen anything like that. Um, just uh, amazing what he's done. He looks fully healthy again. I mean, he looks like the guy that just enjoys playing the game uh, again. And it is one of those faces of not only the Braves, but the faces of uh, baseball. So it's very, very pleased to, to see him getting back to where we, we thought he should be. And the second one is actually uh, uh, going back, talking about the Cubs here is uh, it's Christopher Morrill. Uh, I would not have known much about this guy if I hadn't picked him up on my uh, on, on my fantasy team. But I love uh, I'll I'll watch highlights. I'll watch the Cubs play, and he's just a he's a fun guy, fun guy to watch. He's you know two two seventy two seventy six average, uh, thirteen home runs, thirty RBIs so far. He's only twenty four years old. Uh, definitely uh, improving in his power numbers, improving his RBI numbers from his rookie season. And his rookie year, he had, you know, 47 RBIs. He's already going to eclipse that. And, uh, you know, in, in, uh, with 30 so far on the season, he's just, he's fun. He can play multiple positions. Uh, just, he definitely hasn't had the sophomore slump that you saw with, uh, with Julio Rodriguez. So, uh, my second player, yeah, is uh, Christopher Morrill. He's just been I'm very, very impressed with him. I, I like what I see so far out of him. So which uh, which two players are you looking at? Well, going back to your Ronald Acuna pick, I mean, yeah. I, like I said last year, it was almost a godsend that the Braves got ousted last year in the postseason. Because uh-huh. remember when I said, I said, well, it's almost good for him because now, because I think he rushed himself. Remember last year we thought he rushed himself out of that mm-hmm. injury? Yep. We saw the effects of that. So when, Brave, when the Braves got ousted, I was kind of like, well, I, I think – it would be better if he was done sooner. That way he has more time to get healthier. Yep. yep. And look at now. I mean, he just, like you said, he's stealing bases. He's hitting <laughs> dingers left and right. I mean, he's, yeah. he's probably, a sh- he's already a shoe in almost a unanimously an MVP right before All-Star. Mm-hmm. Right yep. So. Yep. He's just that good. Wish uh, I would have uh, picked him instead of Trey Turner for my fantasy. Oh, I, I, bro, anyway, I actually, but... <laughs> bro, I feel for you. Like when I, every time I think about that, I'm always thinking. It was Steve down to those two. Acuna. It was down to those two. I was like, is it's going? But then I was like, Acuna's coming. But it was come back from that injury. Had a bit of a down year. I don't know. That's going to be a trend. But but anyway. see, I picked Acuna last year, and yep. I, see? if I had the number one pick, because I remember what the struggles I had a month last year. If I was in your position this year, I would have went Trey Turner too, because just. Mm-hmm. He's the all-around baseball player. So yep. I just, it's fucked up, man. It's yeah. so <laughs> up. Um, it makes baseball great, right? That's what makes it great. Because one year they could be bell of the ball. The next year they could be a dog. So mm-hmm. I, not a good dog. You know, the dog yeah, shit. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, two players I'm impressed with this year. I kind of went on guys that aren't as popular and who need to be need to, to be in the limelight more. And mm-hmm. first off, I'm going to give my props to Shane McClanahan. Choice. Yep. I have harked this guy's praise. I have praised this guy so much mm-hmm. for the last few years because he just doesn't get his due. He's eleven and one with a two point two three ERA. He's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. I think he yep. leads the league 
in plenty of categories. He leads them in the, well, the win loss percentages, he leads the league in ERA. And also he leads, um, he, he's kind of one of the best away pitchers that there is in baseball right now. Since he's came in the league, he is actually every year he has started, Steve, since 21, 21, mm-hmm. 22, 23, he has gotten 10 or more wins every season. And I think that always doesn't get looked at enough because people look in the AL. Well, who has been in the AL for most of the years? It was Verlander. Right. It's been Garrett Cole. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you had Jacob deGrom who became with the Rangers before he got injured. People were singing his praise. But Clanahan at 26 has always flown under the radar. This is who we wish Casey Mize would have became. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy has 100 strikeouts right now, 100 strikeouts before wow. the midway point of the season. I think he's going he could go for the strikeout record, even though he doesn't lead right now in that category. Mm-hmm. His peers, right? The guys that he was drafted with or, or came up with and like Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa is yeah. getting rocked in minor league baseball right now. Not even minor league baseball. We're talking like simulated games. So, it, mm-hmm. but McClanahan is able to really just hone in the skills and, and and come out firing in all cylinders. And there's a reason that him and the Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball right now with 54 wins. I mean, this guy is absolutely yep. an incredible pitcher to watch, Steve. Absolutely yep. hey. an yeah. incredible Amazing. pitcher to watch. And so I got to put him up there. The guy who I am most impressed with, I think you're going to see him have. By the year's end, you're going to see him, and I hope he gets talked about as one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher mm-hmm. in baseball. McClanahan is that dude. He is that dog. The next guy, um, bro, I've been sorry I've been saying your name so wrong for a long time. It's uh, Luis uh, Arise. He has been very fucking great, and he is dude, another guy yeah. uh, I'm incredibly uh, incredibly impressed with. Uh, he, last year, he's won his first batting title, his first silver slugger, and I believe he made his first all-star game too. And this guy has been flirting with 400. He gets over 400 and, and sometimes he'll, he'll get up just below it. But this guy is the, if you're looking at people who are not, cause I get bummed when I don't see the stars hitting 300 in baseball. Yep. When there's an, yep. when there isn't a Talk guy hitting that. over 300, I just bums me out. Right. I just, mm-hmm. there's just guys where I like Mookie Betts. I love Mookie Betts so much, but it's, but he's not a 300 hitter. He's not going to be. Yep. I mean, he could be. He could for sure be. But I think he's put in a position to where he's getting certain pitches. He's in the lineup in a certain way where he's asked to drive in runs. He's asked to become their their cleanup guy or he's asked to be their third slot guy where he's not getting the the over three average that you want out of a guy but mm-hmm. oh man arise has just been that guy 113 hits he leads i believe all of baseball right now uh opb his on base percentage is just amazing at 450 leads obviously in that uh, as well and then he has a 399 average which he's going to been flirting all year for 400 i don't think he'll get 400 steve i no. think we said that last year or last week i, I think getting 400 is really hard and mm-hmm. uh i it's and he's he's 26. He's still young. He's he's a good hitter. But once there's two seasons in baseball, there's the first half and there's the second half. So, so we're, we're going to see. But I am so impressed with this guy. So for me, he is my second most impressed player. Uh, Luis uh, Rise. Nice. Nice. Yeah. About Minnesota, we talked about that last week is kicking themselves uh, for this uh, Arise for Pablo Lopez. Uh uh, trade because Pablo Lopez, mm, Luis Arise has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Man, absolutely. but uh, so for players we're impressed with, the players we're disappointed with, um, two players we're looking at that we are disappointed with so far this year. Um, I can 
lead this off. And as a guy we talked about uh, just a little bit ago, and that's Trey Turner for me. That's the first person on my list. The guy goes to Philadelphia, signed a huge contract. He's a guy that can drive in runs. He has power to hit home runs, can steal your bases, can hit for average or above average. Guy that consistently flirts right around 300 for his average. You know, MVP always in the MVP conversation. And and this year it's just been shitty. I mean, there's no other way to put it. 247 average coming from 298 last year. uh, Only eight home runs, uh, 29 RBIs, and 15 stolen bases. Uh, Just definitely, you know, he's come on a little bit as a late. You know, he's made some tweaks, but uh, just a horrendous, horrendous start to the season. Um, And he's not looking nearly what what the contract is that that he's getting paid for i i don't know what the change is you know going from west coast east coast or what but we talked about you know he's on the east coast before with the nationals so Mm. something's up something's just a little bit a little bit funky here like i said i made him my first pick in the fantasy draft because i thought he had the the tools that could help me in multiple categories but he's just not doing well in a lackluster uh billy's team right now so trey turner's the first person that's really disappointed me, and second is uh, is Justin Verlander. It looks like Father Time is, has started to catch up with Justin Verlander here, coming off a, a Cy Young Award last year. Uh, I mean, he had the uh, you know the injury to start the year, but you know he's he's come back and he just has not looked good at all. He's two and four. His ERA is over four. Um, you know it's. He 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 does he's he's starting to look his age at age forty here and just been extremely disappointing. You know, Max Scherzer is starting to show his age, but Justin Verlander just coming off that Cy Young uh season has just definitely just fallen fallen flat. Yeah, those are two people that have really disappointed me so far this year. Trey Turner and Justin Verlander. Two players with new teams, and it might be yep. the new team yeah. kind of feel for it, but that shouldn't matter to Justin Verlander because mm-hmm. he's done it before anyway. He's so done, and Trey Turner. Yep. So yep. Exactly. Uh, mine, Steve, is uh, Giancarlo Stanton. He's my number okay. one. I know he doesn't get talked about enough, but I, I think we should. For what mm-hmm. he's getting paid, at one time he was the highest paid man in baseball Yeah, and with the Marlins, and he was coming out as a monster. But I, I maybe the Marlins seen something that other people didn't see. Maybe they see that he was going to plateau, but he, we're talking about a four, former MVP, two-time yep. Silver Slugger, five-time All-Star. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was uh, the god of hitters at mm-hmm. one point in his career until he went to New York, and then he took a backseat to Aaron Judge, which rightfully so, Aaron Judge is probably a future Hall of Famer. I get that. But uh, Stanton is no slouch, though, and it's mm-hmm. not like he's an old man. He's only 33 years old. Right. But since he's been with, But since he's been with the Yankees, he's just not been – that guy, I mean, he's never hit over 40 home runs at the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He's always stayed within the 30, 35 range with them. And this year is no better. And and even worse is his average. I mean, last year he had a whopping 211 with the Yankees last year. And this year he's hitting a 184 wow. average. And yeah. it sucks, too, because he had time to. And it's not like injuries. He's been injured, but not a lot. Right. And for somebody like Aaron Judge, when Aaron Judge went down with that injury, you think Ooh. that Stanton would have stepped up. Mm-hmm. And to be that leader that they needed because he was there, I think before judge, Yeah, but he, but he didn't step up. He hasn't yep. stepped up. And it's really concerning to me because what makes hall of famers, especially mm-hmm. future hall of famers is the fact that they're not good. Some of the time they're, they're good. Most of the time, yep. you know, they're, 
they're good. They should be good all the time. And this guy hasn't been really good in a long time since at least 2018. Maybe yep. I would say is his best year, uh, uh, in my opinion. So maybe his MVP year. And it's just been kind of downhill ever since. And we're talking about a guy early in his career who was considered an MVP candidate almost every single year since age 21 on. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just hits this point in his late twenties where he just stops producing. And then now it's just, he's a guy that you want the, you want the Yankees or the Yankees want to get rid of that contract because it's just sucks. It's just a shitty contract. And, he's kind of reminds me of a Nelson Cruz because Nelson mm-hmm. Cruz did take a dip in his career. And then he came back and he was hitting dingers left and right. But what right. kept Nelson Cruz so relevant is he played in the game for so long. That's why yep. he's able to flirt with 500 home runs, which yep. I think Stanton might be the same way. But when you're hitting a buck 84 to 11 last year, I just don't see that. I mean, your on base percentage has to get way better than that, man. And just, it's sad. And he was an all-star last year, which is kind of crazy. His first half stats weren't bad, but his second half stats weren't great, great either. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, I don't know. I just, I just expect more out of Stanton. And for 14 years in the league, it's just, for me, it's just right now I could look at him and be like, yeah, I don't think you're going to be a hall of famer. You should have been a hall of famer. I would have considered you a hall of, considered you a hall of famer five, six, seven years ago, five, six yep. years ago. Not anymore. Now it's just you came to a team, you weren't great, and who knows if you're going to get in the hall anymore. Who knows if you're going to be that player you used to be. So, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in him. Another guy I'm pretty disappointed in is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, much like Trey Turner, is just not having a good year. At least we could say Trey Turner, it's the new team that's kind of just kind of rocked him for Tim Anderson. He's been at the White Sox for a long time now, for since, since 2016. And every year he's produced with them, but this year he's just not playing up to his potential. You could say injuries. I always blame injuries on a lot of different things, but even when he's not supposedly injured in the lineup, I mean, he hasn't even hit a home run this year. (laughs) Right. And he's not like known and he's not known to be this big home run hitter, but he can at least get you 15 to 20 home runs a year. But my big thing is hits. He's just not getting a lot of hits. He's not getting on base. He always had a great high uh, on base percentage and he's just not that guy this year, which was really disturbing. Right. I mean, especially a guy who is turning who's who has just turned 30 years old and is when you hit 30, you're in the prime of your career. It's that time. It's it's when you start coasting. You got to start coasting with your career. Right. This is where make the Hall of Famers make their scratch. This is where they get their votes. And he's just not been that guy. And he's not driving in runs. He's not getting getting in runs himself. And it's just sad to see. It's sad to see at this point in his career. And I, I it, maybe it's just a. Overall, he's just become flat like the rest of the team. The Chicago White Sox have just become flat. I think they need to fire the GM. I think they need to retool that fucking team and keep people who are foundational pieces, right? And and peddle the ones that aren't going to be. And uh, at one point, I thought Tim Anderson was a foundational piece, but now I'm looking at him. I'm a guy who was known to hit 300 is really looking extremely lost. That's really puzzling. That could be a hitting coach problem. Yeah. That could be a new manager problem. That could be personal life problems. I don't know. It could be injury problems, Steve. It could very well be injury problems, but at the end of the day, he's just not playing like he normally plays. So yeah, Tim Anderson for me comes in for my second disappointed player. Tim Anderson has just been, yeah, uh, a head scratcher. It's Yeah. I mean, the, well, the whole White Sox team is going to head scratcher, but well, and if we're doing it from a fantasy style, Steve, I mean, we went mm-hmm. from he was ninety nine percent owned to like fifty or forty something. I have him on my team. I, I've drafted him high, and I have him on my bench now. It's it's Matt McLean is my starting shortstop. So, 
you know, it's just it's just sad to see these players that we're talking about. Uh, Justin Verlander, I think, gets the most leeway just because mm-hmm. he's older. Right, and right. And what does he have left to prove, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the rest are making ungodly amounts of money and just not mm-hmm. providing any anything is just yep. really disappointing. Yep. Yep. <sighs> just a nice depressed sigh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a moment of silence for the losers. <laughs> um, exactly. Let's raise a glass to the losers. Shall we uh, head on over to the Fancy Factory? Let's do it, man. All right. So this yeah. week, uh, instead of a trade analyzer, we're going to be doing, or for the Nar Yaz, we're going to do the Q&A this week. Uh, one came in from Finlay, Ohio. Okay. It's Gerald McCann from Finlay, Ohio. And he asked Steve, what three fantasy players are poised for a better second half after an abysmal first half? Wow, that's kind of crazy. This can actually go into our, this can almost bleed into our disappointed players <laughs> really that we can. just did. But uh, what uh, three fantasy players are poised for a better second half, Steve? Uh, first, you know, I talked about him, how I'm disappointed in him, but he has turned it around recently. And that'd be Trey Turner. Um, he has been getting better after just such a, a, a horrendous start. I talked about that a little bit during our disappointed segment there. Um, I, I, I like Trey Turner. I, I think, uh, he's making some tweaks with the sitting coach. I noticing some things and, uh, starting to get better. So I'm really hope he's poised for a better second half because his first half can't be much worse. Uh, then, uh, you know, his first half, his second half can't be much worse than that first half they gave us here. Right. Uh, second going, uh, local, uh, Javier Baez has just been, he's been kind of like a roller coaster. Um, yeah. been really, really low, but then also he'll go on streaks where he's really, really high. Uh, I, I'm hoping he keeps the streak up, uh, you know, from a local standpoint with the Tigers that he keeps up on the, the hot streak. He's been on a nice hot streak as of late, uh, here. So, Javier Baez is another person I'm looking to hopefully bounce back for a better second half. And a guy who's been doing better as of late, which has helped uh, raise his average, is uh, Eddie Rosario oh, wow. for, for for Atlanta. Uh, Pop seems to come back into his bat. I mean, he's hitting 272 right now, but it just, um, you know, not not the best start to the year, but has really turned it around, especially here in June as the uh, the Braves have, you know, as a team, just uh, done fantastic. And he's been been right there uh, with it as well. And hopefully that can uh, continues into the second half. So uh, Trey Turner, Javier Baez, Eddie Rosario are three players that I'm looking at for a uh, bounce back uh, second halves. Nice, nice deep hole with uh, Eddie Rosario. That's Thanks, a guy yeah. that really <laughs> provided a spark last year. And then yeah. this year just started off kind of shitty. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the Braves has been unbelievable here in June, yeah. uh, especially from an offensive standpoint, just uh, like they're hitting home runs. Like it's no tomorrow. So, yeah, amen to yeah. that. Yeah, it's a good question. I like it. Yeah, thanks, uh, yeah. Gerald. Yeah. All right, man. So, are you ready for some starter sit this week? Let's cue the music. Okay, starter sit. Raphael yeah. Devers or Brandon Drury? Uh, Devers. Okay. Uh, Francisco Lindor or Orlando Arcia? Arcia. Good pick. Arcia or Fernando Tatis? Uh, Tatis. Chisholm or... Jonathan India infield Chisholm. Welcome back from injury. Uh, he had a nice night the other night here coming back. So I'm going to go Chisholm. Yeah, he's back. Uh, Chisholm junior again, or Whit Merrifield Chisholm. Both having good season or, yeah. uh, well, both good players. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Pena or, uh, Orlando Arcia again, Arcia, Byron Buxton or Jock Peterson. Give me Jock. Peterson. Yeah, I'm with him yep. on that too. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie Freeman or Vlad junior for space. Freeman. 
Seiya Suzuki or Austin Hayes? Austin Hayes. William Contreras or GT Real Muto catcher? Real Muto. Real Muto again or Kybert Ruiz catcher? Real Muto. Jose Ramirez or Nolan Arenado, third base? Uh, Arenado. James Outman or Mark Canna? Outman. Andrew McCutcheon or Kyle Tucker, outfield? Uh, give me McCutcheon. Tristan Cassis or Josh Naylor, first base? Cassis. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar or Jeremy Pena? Pena. Ketel Marte or Ryan McMahon, second base? Marte. Kiki Hernandez or Manny Machado, third base? Kiki Hernandez. Hernandez again or Alec Baum, third base? Hernandez. TJ Friedel or Andrew Benatendi, outfield? Friedel. And last but not least, Jordan Walker or Jaron Duran, outfield? Uh, Jordan Walker. What do we got for waiver wire? Uh, so here's three players I was looking at uh, this week that you might want to uh, pick up on your waiver wire. Uh, first is uh, Jordan Westberg, Baltimore uh, prospect coming up. He's up 32% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, made his debut uh, earlier here in the week, so it's a uh, prospect fever picking him up. Uh, he had a hit in his first game, so uh, hopefully uh, he continues that trend. Be a nice little offensive punch for you. Uh, second is uh, Hyson Kim out of uh, San Diego. He's up 8% in Yahoo leagues. He hit 318 the last two weeks with three home runs and seven RBIs and also had a couple stolen bases. Uh, third this week uh, is uh, Johnny Brito for the Yankees. He's up 11% Yahoo Leagues. Just a shutout last week going five and two-thirds innings with three Ks. Hopefully he continue to uh, do that for the Yankees because God knows they need the pitching outside of Cole. So uh, those are our three players that I'm looking at uh, this week on the waiver wire. Nice. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, up for me is uh, kind of the talk of the town. The guy we talked mm-hmm. about a lot today, Ronald Acuna Jr. Get it. Uh, the only reason I wanted to mention him is just he's up $1.15, which is an 11.50% increase market price, which is why this is the big reason is only $11.15. Really? Okay. Yeah. I was really surprised about that. I think that's the biggest shock of all in this is yeah. just uh, a guy like him, especially how young he is, especially rookies. You would assume they would be going for a lot more, but he's kind of been down, but he's up. He's up this week and he keeps rising steadily, but he's still under $15, which go and get him uh, mm-hmm. because I think once he wins MVP at the end of the year, yeah. he's going to be uh, going to be way up there. So, yeah, uh, his 22 tops heritage blue sparkle 223 is up His 2018 tops archives uh, 81 design. That's his rookie card. Uh, 212 nice. is up and his 2020 tops gypsy queen 187 down for me. This week is an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, Roy Halliday, the late Ooh. green Roy Halliday down. $21.10. That's a 62.52% decrease. Market price right now sits around $12.65. That makes sense for his, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of his, just like Randy Johnson's and some of those, they're going to stay in that 12 to 20 range. Right. Um, but uh, you can get some Roy Halliday pretty cheap right now, guys. So, um, his 2011 Bowman Gold n- number 99, his 2013 Tops Museum Collection 98, n- number 98, and his 2000, and his 19, 19- 97 Bowman Chrome rookie card number 212. Oh, okay. Um, up for me this week is uh, Robin Yount up $124.31 or a 682.47% increase to market value of 
$142.41. I don't expect this to stay up that high. Just a nice little bump, I think, for Robin Yount. Uh, up cards includes 1978 tops, number 173, and his 1981 tops, number 515. Uh, down for me this week is actually Ezekiel Duran, uh, down $4.32, or a 44%, a 44.26% decrease to a market value of $5.44. Now, he's fairly new, so it's a lot of rookie stuff here, so... Uh, down cards includes 2023 top series one rookie number 286 and is uh 2023 tops heritage blue sparkle chrome rookie card nice well yeah i'm sure he'll bounce back up he's oh, he's he's really good too yeah um shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday let's do it all right it's a happy heavenly birthday to monarchs great and hall of famer willie willard home run brown born on june the 26th of 1915 uh fantastic uh for the most part, Negro uh, League player did play for the St. Louis Browns uh, in 1947, but spent uh, a bulk of his career with the Kansas City Monarchs. So a lot again with Negro League stats, a lot of his stats uh, weren't uh, documented. Um, but I mean, with a nickname like Home Run, uh, you got to know he's got a lot of pop in his bat. Uh, career uh, that we know of: 347 average, 529 hits, 49 RB or home runs, and 354 runs batted in. Uh, he is a four-time Negro League American League pennant winner there with uh, Kansas City Monarchs, uh, Negro League World Series champion 1942, six-time uh, All-Star, uh, and also a Negro uh, League American League batting champion in 1947. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2006 as part of the Committee on African American Baseball. Uh, a little trivia about him: uh, Brown entered the baseball record books in August on August. 13th, 1947, when he became the first African-American player to hit a home run in the American League. An inside-the-park home run, actually, off uh, Detroit Tigers pitcher and future Hall of Famer Hal Newhouser. So, happy birthday to Willard Home Run Brown. Birthday, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing these. Uh, I think I say it a lot. Uh, I learn a lot about players that I don't know too much about when I do the the birthday polls. So, it's it's fun to do. Yeah, especially the Negro League players, which yeah. are always a fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating to yeah, kind of go over and talk about so yeah well that's a fucking show Ooh, that is a show jam-packed right there jam-packed yeah. show absolutely yeah. uh in yeah. the coming weeks god we have the all-star break coming up we're gonna yep. have uh the mlb draft within a few weeks yep. boy a lot of stuff happening yep. coming yep. up i mean i think the all-star selections happen pretty soon here right yeah I mean, yeah yeah, it's, uh, a week or two. I, yeah, I was going to say in about a, oh, a week or so, I'd say. I think they do the selections and all that stuff. So Yeah, so we'll be sure Ooh. to talk about our greats and our snubs and mm-hmm. Monty Definitely. bitching about the ones that got in that don't oh, have yeah. a 300 batting average. <laughs> oh, man, here we go. It's going to be a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening every week. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. We've been seeing the numbers, obviously, of the the amount of people who've been listening to the show and we're just overwhelmed and can thank you enough but in the meantime guys have a great week and we will see you guys all next week deuces Deuces.